DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in, welcome in Tim Lacombe. He's on the Jazz pregame, halftime, and postgame shows right here on The Zone after uh, coaching basketball as an assistant at BYU and before that being on Rick Majerus' staff at Utah. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Why, why were we so sterile on the intro music? An I excellent really question. Expect- I really expect some, some, you know, at least when I come on, some rock and roll. So, Jake, just make a note of that, please. I actually, I, I just realized I should have played some, should have played some of your, your music coming in. We'll do that in the future. Yeah, though. yeah, we don't even need to do that because it's not that great. But it's you fantastic know, fantastic as well. Tim equals rock and roll. What's going on today, DJ? Football season has turned to basketball season. The calendar is changing. I know there's some NFL playoffs coming up and a couple of college football playoff games. But hoops is revving up. It is your time of year. It is my time of year. I love it. And um, it's it's become especially more fun the last couple of years. Uh, you know, I mean, I've obviously missed a lot of facets of being in the game day to day, but it's it's also nice to have kind of a – uh, a high-level view of it all, and I guess a dashboard, if you will, and uh, be able to kind of bounce around and watch certain teams, and and then this opportunity to watch the Jazz every game um, has been really fun too to kind of dig in to see how they do things and and the adjustments they make and that sort of thing. So, um, really, uh, really great opportunity, and and the Jazz look to have uh you know a pretty solid roster this year that um in a western conference that's kind of a little up and down by the day uh it'll be interesting to see how it all falls out i'm liking the way conley's playing tim i think that if i could boil it down to a in one word it would just be comfortable meaning he's comfortable with his role comfortable in the system comfortable playing with the guys that he's playing with which is leading to production yeah, and, you know, we talked a lot about that last year, and, and, you know, people, fans, you know, don't really want to hear that, but it, it is a reality. I think, um, you know, just picture any facet of life you're in. Uh, I know your golf game's never gotten comfortable, PK, but, you know, mine has over time. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm happy you're comfortable with mediocrity. Woo. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Booner before the game the other night, and, and that whole deal we can talk about it, but it's so surreal because we're up on the third level. We're, you know, on the studio, Jake and I doing the games. And if you walk out that door of the studio and walk into that empty arena, like in a jazz road game, and the the arena is dark for the most part, and the, the the screens lit up, and those guys are sitting there, and I can hear. From that upper level, I can hear Locke yelling and screaming, and I can hear uh, Bowler, and it's just kind of kind of crazy, kind of surreal. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mike Conley has definitely found his groove here in Utah. Um, I was one that constantly tried to speak somewhat, of, you know, may calm down. Data points proved everything's going to normalize, and and they have. Um, he, he seems to have a real great chemistry right now as well with Rudy. I know that was something that was talked about. They didn't have a great chemistry. Um, but he made a play in the fourth quarter of the game the other night uh, where they really did rip a, a loss out of, out of that column and put it in a win column late. Um, but he made an awesome pick-and-roll move. He got into the paint, 
um, you know, kind of acted as though he's going to go left hand and then scooped it to Rudy late for a layup. It was kind of a pivotal basket. So um, I love I love Mike. I think he's – I love his game, but I also believe in the type of character he is and has, and I think he's great for that locker room. Do you think Rudy is grinding in a level he hasn't in the past? Do you think there's a part of him that knows with the big money contract comes lots of scrutiny and he doesn't want to give people anything to uh, to latch on to? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but do, do you see any of that? There seems to be a determination with him and a kind of a focus play-to-play. That it, I know he's had it at times before, but I don't know. For some reason, it's jumping off the screen at me now. It is. It is me too, and I don't know whether it's that or – um, you know, with great expectation, um, you know, with that expectation level, he just knows he's got to step it up. But I, I see it for sure. I see it in him running the floor. Um, he's always been an unbelievable screen guy. Um, and I know Locke talks a lot about his screen assists, which if you watch this team um, game by game, it really is remarkable how many – offensive plays he's involved in getting guys baskets um, and, and his ability to do that. But where I see it more is, is just in his effort on the glass. Um, he's just been a, he's always been really good on the glass, but making like second effort plays. And, um, and then we haven't even talked about the number of shots he impacts on the defensive end, which is, um, you know, that last play Oklahoma city went right at him. He really had to guard kind of a uh, a handoff, uh, you know, a ball screen, a handoff, and a switch, um, and he handled them all really well. So, yeah, I, I think Rudy has definitely um, been a, a real bright spot. I think Rudy and Mike have been the most consistent guys through the early part of the you know those first couple games. I know you're either supposed to dunk it or take threes. But I think Mitchell's mid-range game is as good as anybody's in the league. And I've got no problem with him doing that, even if it goes against what the wisdom and conventional wisdom is right now. So if he wants to do it, I say have at it. How about you? Yeah, you know, right now Donovan's just, um, you know, I, more than anything, has just it, everything else has been pretty constant. His shot just isn't falling at the rate. It was falling last year, and it's just early, a couple games in. Um, but we all know what he's about. I'll tell you what, the one thing he, he is about is closing out games. Um, scored the last 12 points of the game against the Thunder uh, and made that nice little drive right into Dort, who had been uh, a nemesis for him really all game long. Uh, but he drove it right at him, kind of right through him, and got to that little pull-up uh, off one leg. But I, I'm with you, PK. I think there's part of um, part of the game, and I know analytics really does kind of rule the majority of it. But I, I think the mid range actually may be where Donovan kind of finds his rhythm again. Maybe a shot fake, one dribble pull up, um, because he's so good at that. And uh, I really love him going at the rim, though. That's what I was really excited to see late in that game against Oklahoma City. The play before. He, he took a step back three that was, you know, was a tough one because guy was right there. He, he in fact came down and could questionably could have maybe been a foul. Just didn't give him a lot of room to land. 
but I loved how he, he just said, you know, this last play, I'm getting to the rim. And um, he, he's really, really nearly unstoppable when he, he lowers his head and gets to that rim. You know, even when he misses that shot, and in the game they lost at home to Minnesota, he drove and missed a couple times, but he took two guys with him, and because of the way they're spread on the floor and the way they have to run at him, their momentum carries them under the glass and out of bounds when they're challenging his shot, and Rudy's getting these put-back dunks. There's no one to block him out with. There's no one to fight for the rebound with, and so even though in the box score it looks like a fail for Donovan because he misses a shot and who wants to miss a shot, the truth is they might as well be giving him an assist when he takes those guys out of bounds that way. Yeah, you know, that's actually a great point. I think um, the way that teams at least Minnesota after Portland and similarly Oklahoma City um, did a great job of being really physical with the Jazz trying to blow up their ball screen handoff game and, and really make the ball handler have to finish um, with a little bit of late help from the big and the reason you see and it's a really astute point we used to talk about it all the time when big guys are coming over to shot block it really does leave uh, the opportunity for the glass to be cleared for the for the opposite big, and Rudy has made um, you know really big plays just attacking that, and it really does come from the way teams are guarding the Jazz because guys typically you've got guards and forwards in there in help, but what teams are pretty much doing right now are just staying home on shooters after seeing the Portland game and making Donovan Mike. Uh, Bojan, um, Joe, whoever the other ball handlers are, really kind of finish tough shots over bodies as opposed to, you know, coming off of shooters to give help. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think anything the Jazz can get going vertically, uh, when they play the game vertically and they play with uh, really good pace, and by vertically I mean attacking the rim, um, one play stands out in that little run they made against Oklahoma City, but Bojan drove it kind of lane ex- right right lane line extended um, and drove right down the lane and forced somebody to help off the corner, and it was Royce, and he pitched it out for three. Um, but those are the type of plays, you know, that really get the Jazz going and, and things that hopefully we can see more of. So, boys, we need to trademark this. We just came up with a new stat for Lock to go berserk on. Instead of just the screen assist, now we have the miss off the glass assist. Well, I think there's all sorts of different ways to phrase this stuff. Why not phrase it? So what do you got? I'm going miss assist. What do you guys got? That actually could be confused for a beauty pageant. I know. But I like it. <laughs> the more beauty we can bring into the game, and we can start calling basketball the beautiful game. Yeah. Hey, so I had a sleepover last night over at my my. You guys know I have a grandson now, right? I'm a I'm an old guy. Wow. Um, but I'll tell you what, mornings with the little grandkid, oh, they're pretty fun. So you I try mornings with DJ Tim. It's like Tuesdays with Maury. These are mornings with Hank. Um, what percentage really of our kind of, what percentage of our audience has read or even heard of Tuesdays with Maury? About more than you more than you know. Oh, really? Okay. Let's take a poll. Yak, will you throw that up, <laughs> please? Because I just want to prove DJ wrong that I'm a man of the people. 
Yeah. I think you're a literary giant. I think that's what you are. Um, this Little Piggy Went to Market. <laughs> yeah, those are the books I'm into. But Tuesdays with Maurice, that was, that was, a, that was a great show. And, and we watched Soul last night. I highly recommend that. Were you uh, at home, COVID, looking for something to watch, new movie that's out? Soul, really good. Have you watched the Phoenix Suns, and do you buy that they are improved, much improved, greatly much improved, winners of multiple Miss Assist Awards, and tremendously improved? How good are they? I think improved. I I think anytime you put a, you know, you've got a Devin Booker and you've got young talent, and then you add some stability. My thing has always been how will those two guys interact and how will they play together? Um, And my lean toward that is that it will actually go well because I think Chris Paul, regardless of how you feel about Chris Paul, last year really has to stand out. I mean, he was basically exiled to Oklahoma City and left for dead. And, um, you know, they, in my mind, were one of the success stories of the league last year in terms of what they were expected to be and what they ended up being. Um, And I think a lot of that speaks to the management and the way they do things, but I also believe that Chris Paul is one of those kind of guys that is going to rally with whatever group he's with and try to make the best of it. Um, so my thing, I, I think they're, I think they're, they're improved. I'm not going to go vastly greatly. What's interesting to me right now is that the bottom of the West, after you get through, and even sorting out teams two, three, four, five at times can get tricky. But man, I don't even know, you know, what what really who is really going to be eight, you know, who's going to be seven and eight. Uh, I think are going to be the more interesting things there because, um, you know, at one point some you know I've heard people say the Clippers are going to are going to beat the Lakers, vice versa, uh, in the West. And then I flipped the TV on the other night, and I, seriously, I thought it was a typo. It was seventy-seven to twenty-seven at the half. And I couldn't even believe my eyes. Um, but that's just, you know, with a, with a season that's pretty much on the heels of a, a season prior and then all of the um, the rest and management that players are experiencing now and then COVID and everything else, man, there's a lot of variables. So I, I will say the Lakers are going to be one. Um, and I think everything else is basically up for grabs. So we've been saying this, speaking of number one, the last several years, this is the best Gonzaga team ever. We're right back at it again, aren't we? Yeah. um, I've said that. You know, last year I was was tepid on the Zags. Uh, It reminded me of a year, and I still liked their team a ton. They were obviously terrific. But in the teams I had seen, I ranked it down a ways because I didn't love their guard play last year. Felt like they really did just kind of plug some pieces in that weren't awesome fits. Um, this year is completely different. I mean, you get Nemhard from Florida eligible, and you got Aaron Cook, who was an absolute star at Southern Illinois and can just really run a team. Um, and then you bring Suggs in, haven't even talked about Kispert, who, DJ, I would be curious to your thought, but I, I think Kispert's playing his way in an NBA career. I mean, this guy is 6'7", 
uh, isn't anything on the floor he doesn't do. He's a, he's a prototypical 3 and D guy in the NBA, I think, because he's tough. He can really guard, and, man, his range has just improved. Um, and then you got Timmy, who's spectacular. I guess the only piece that maybe is not up to the level of all those other guys is Watson at the four. But, man, I think you can almost play a lot of the game with four guards out there and Timmy and just create havoc for everybody. Um, I saw last that's, night they struggled that's with That's Havoc. Their- Havoc. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Yuck. Havoc. Um, they did wreak havoc on it, wreak havoc on <laughs> 60 last night. Um, 115 to 62 or something like that. Um, 112, 112 to 67. Okay, sorry. I text Andrew May, who's an assistant, at, and he was with us at BYU, and I text him before the game. And he actually texted me from shoot around at the arena and sent me a picture of the midcourt logo. I had some PTSD, got through it. Um, but I asked Andrew, can you keep that thing to within 38? And he said, if Suggs plays, we might have a chance. If Suggs plays, we, we won't have a chance. But <laughs> he didn't play, and they still didn't keep it close. So anyway, I was just curious about 38 because it was an arbitrary number set by someone. <laughs> nice. Hey, the Utes are going on the road, and we know they only won one Pac-12 game on the road last year. What shot do you give them uh, against UCLA and USC and, and getting a road win and just setting a different tone going out on the road this year early? Because the guys who made these trips last year are obviously going to have memories, so the, the sooner they change that, the better. Yeah, you know what's really hard to me is Utah's had um, – this year they've had so many starts and stops with COVID – I can't imagine how hard it is to get in a rhythm. Um, when they play their last game, like Idaho State, was that right? Yeah, I think you're right. Clearly. Yeah. About a week ago-ish. Um, so it's been a while, and I, I, that's the only fear I have is that it is so hard, first of all, to you know to get in a rhythm and a flow when you have that interrupted. And, and I'm, a lot of these cases, I'm sure – haven't had their full team to practice and everything. Um, I would feel more comfortable if they were going, um, you know, on a different road trip. UCLA is obviously kind of back up again. And USC, I mean, I watched, I've watched them play a couple times. I watched the BYU game. And, man, they were amazing that night. So um, I, I think that, you know, what Utah – needs to do in, in approaching it is just go out and try to get that very first one um, and try to change the the trend. I mean, they've got some guys at least that have been there before. Last year there was a bunch of new guys trying to do it. So um, get some kind of rhythm, get some kind of flow, and go out there and try to get that first one, and then you're playing on house money. Tim Lacombe. Our basketball insider joining us. You hear him on jazz games, on the pre-half and post-game shows. Tim, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. All right. So, Yak, that Tuesday's at Maury Pole, please, for me on Twitter. I appreciate it. We'll take Because I know if DJ's in charge, it'll get uh, vetoed. But I do just want to show him that is a – We got you covered. Okay.
All right. Look forward Thank soon, you, Tim, and get all your friends to vote so you can fix the outcome of this thing. No, I'm not going to do that. I, oh, great. I'm, Another rigged I'm, election. Here we go again. I'm big on democracy, guys. <laughs> I'd like the people to have a voice. More rigged voting. Jeez. Yeah. All right, PK. <laughs> DJ, carry on. Thank you, Tim. Tim Lacombe, joining us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Tom Chambers, the former youth, the former jazz player, now the Phoenix Suns pregame halftime and postgame analyst for Fox Sports Arizona. He's going to join us at 9.05. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Brian Fisher, let's talk about the college football playoff pairings. Are these the four teams that deserve to be in there? Absolutely, and, and I, don't, I don't think there's really much of a question. Outside of, uh, you know, maybe Notre Dame, yeah, you want to quibble with uh, them not winning the ACC and getting in, sure. But, you know, I, I think overall their entire resume really does, you know, speak well in terms of what they've been able to accomplish this year. And, you know, frankly, there weren't a whole lot of other options, you know, you, you look at the Big 12 champion in, in terms of Oklahoma, you know, do you really want to include a team like that into the Final Four? I don't think so. I don't think they proved enough either on or off the field to really do enough. So I think this was certainly the Final Four pairing that uh, we all kind of deserved after uh, a wild and crazy 2020 season. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Question of the day. New Year's. The resolutions. The world of sports. What do you have? What's your sports New Year's resolution? I resolve to enjoy it more, PK. We had it taken away from us. Let's embrace it. I don't enjoy it any more than I already did, though. You were already all in. I'm already all in, and I have so many uh, foibles in my life that I can't even count them, but I've always felt like I've had sports in perspective. And I viewed it the way I believe, for me anyway, which I can't speak for anybody else, but I've always believed that for myself. Even back when I was a kid, I've always felt like, man, it's entertainment. Have fun with it. In the scope of life, from a fan perspective, it doesn't really mean that much, but yet it means a lot because I sure spent a lot of time on it, even before the job. I mean, when I was in high school, you know, you start figuring out, well, what do you want to do, Right. Gosh, I I want to do something in sports. It was a big, big deal to me. Even as a kid, played sports, obviously, not very well, but played it. And watched it, followed it religiously. It's no accident that I went into newspapers originally. My father was just a big-time newspaper. We'd have like three newspapers because he'd bring home a couple. And, and, you know, in the New York area, there at the time, there's so there many, tons right? Tons of them, yeah. Plus, right? we had the local one. The Daily Record was the local one. There was a weekly one in the little community that I lived. I got my name, and they used to put Little League uh, roundups in there. And I got my name in it in an all-star game. It was a decent little baseball player at, at that level. And my brother-in-law, who was my mentor, he's since passed, 
soccer coach in Arizona. I've talked to you about him. And uh, the all, they'd write up an all-star thing. And I went three for four uh, in the all-star game uh, with uh, a couple RBIs. But w- when it said with, it was spelled W-I-T-Y. So for years and years, somebody who had multiple RBIs, we would always say, witty, how many RBIs? Because my, that's the way they misspelled with. So I was three for four, witty, two RBIs. Came <laughs> <laughs> a little inside joke. So even as a kid, I followed him big time. But I never really got the highs and the lows and all. I just enjoyed the sports. I mean, I had all everything within 30 miles of my home in the Jersey area, North Jersey, just right across the road, uh, the river from New York City. You know, I mean, it's 30 miles away from Manhattan. And I never really got caught up in any of those teams, but I followed them all. So I've always felt like I've had perspective. But if some people needed it because of this, and I certainly missed it, There's no question I missed it. I mean, I I stayed up, not on weeknights, but on weekends. I watched some Korean baseball league. I wanted to see what it was about. Remember they they put some of those games on? Oh, yeah, Uh, absolutely. Yeah, May or June or whenever they came back. I don't know when they came back. It was like the first sport back. It was the only thing on. It was on at weird hours, but it was on. Right, so on Saturday, Friday, Saturday nights, it come on like 11 on ESPN. And I started watching it. I wanted to see what it was about, you know. And I found out, well, it's baseball. Um, most of the guys of the, of the Korean League are of Korean descent. But other than that, they were playing ball. And so I, I certainly missed it. There's no question about it. And I don't want to be without it. And pro- I probably, I don't put the emphasis on winning and losing, but I put a lot of emphasis on watching. And I probably spend too much time. Now I just easily justify it and say, well, it's for work. So leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that for years. My wife is great about that. My uh, my wife's sister came up uh, to visit. It was the year the youths went to the Sun Bowl, and I'll never forget this. So she comes up, and her husband, and they got a couple of kids, and the older boy at that point was late. No, he's probably early 20s at that point, and he brought a friend with him, you know, which is fine, and they were snowboarding and whatever, right? They're coming up. They're actually down in San Diego, so this is great for them, right? There's snow basically right out the back door, right? They got their pick of resorts. And so, and the kid was a nice kid, and I'd never seen him before or since. It was just kind of a one-off. But we're there, and everyone's doing something, and my wife turns and says, you know, and I, I think they they were going to go to a mall, and then there was going to be some photos or something. I don't know what it was. And, uh, and <laughs> my wife says, you can't go. you got to watch the Utah game, don't you? And I said, I do. And this guy, it's like he's watching a tennis match, and he's like, that is awesome. And my wife laughed and turned and walked out of the room. It's awesome to have this for a pass. It's work. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, I probably use it too much more than I should. Uh, and I'm grateful that I, that I can do it. But even if, even if I would have been a whatever, you know, I, I, I have a teaching credential. I've never used it. I use it as a sub. I subbed for like a year and a half. Uh, but I could have, if this thing, if if I never became the media giant that I am, I could have easily been a some type of an English teacher in high school, and I still would be uh, as in, into it. I wouldn't be watching as many jazz games, or literally every jazz game, because I probably wouldn't live in Utah. Uh, but nevertheless, I would still be watching games. That's never that's never changed. 
All right, we got people hitting us up on Twitter with their uh, their take on these New Year's resolutions and sports. And uh, Ryan says, to not egg Tom Ricketts' house as he dismantles my Cubs like they're the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, they got rid of Darvish, obviously, and uh, now they're saying Contreras. They're a very good catcher. I saw that out there. Uh, looking to uh, move on, and so yeah, I mean Epstein. I wonder if that's why Epstein. Quit. Yeah, right. Jim, knowing that, okay, they're going to have a fire sale in terms of in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh has done that. Uh, it, it's interesting though on that because we've seen Tampa and Oakland do it, but still find ways to be competitive. Right. Well, I think it's two different things. I think the U Darvish thing. I think the Cub fans. Uh, easy for me to say, right? Because he got traded to the Padres. But, you know, did they just overreact to that? He's 34. He's coming off a great year. If you don't have any prospects and you get a chance to reload, you're selling high. And he's 34. And, yeah, you could miss out on a great year, too. But you also might be selling at exactly the right time. Now, Contreras, he's 28 and a catcher. That's a different deal, unless they have some inside knowledge that his body's about to break down. It seems like, you know, he could play... You know, I mean, catchers, you usually have a starting catcher who does 110 games and does like two thirds of the schedule, and you have, you know, a back of it does a third. And so uh, I get where that would, but moving a 28 year old could bug a fan base, but moving a 34 year old pitcher at the top of his game, it might make sense in San Diego because they're poised to do something in the next year or two, and he could, he could help them big time in the next year or two. But come on, at some point, he's going to lose it. I mean, how many, how many dominant pitchers are there at 38? Well, I don't know that you have to be dominant to be able to help teams uh, win. I mean, Morton was pitching for yeah. uh, the, the Rays last year, and he's up there in age. But, yeah, but you don't get immediate help. You don't get name players. Yep. But you never really know, unless you're a complete and total nerd and you're following minor league yeah, players. Yeah, I think even then we, you don't know. But, well, Even the hardcore. It's a little bit I'm like talking, NFL quarterbacks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, probably uh, to an extent, yeah. But the, the folks who are doing it for a living, they know that's their job. And so they follow everything. I mean, that they, they know just whatever about in deep into uh, teams, organizations. So you'll have to look at it and, and evaluate it in a few years. But it's more the mindset that, wait a second, we're dismantling. Yep. Because the Cubs looked like they were going to have something going, and they didn't back it up. Right. They had the World Series championship, yeah. which they desperately wanted, but they were hoping for a San Francisco Giants-type run, and they didn't get that. No, they didn't get it. And they were, they were in the playoffs last year, though. I think yeah. they uh, lost to Miami. Uh, so you know, it was an extended playoff this, year, this past season. They had more teams in. But yeah, you just you you want to win. I get that's I get that. You 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 want your team a you want them to win or you want them to be striving to winning. You want there to be hope. And I guess that's the thing with Chicago is, okay, you save a lot of money on Dar- on Darvish, but how quickly do you redeploy it? And I think that's for every team. You know, okay, you don't spend the money here. Now, if you just pocket and sit on it for five years, everyone's going to be in a bad mood. But if you're strategic about who you use it on next, 
it can be a good thing. I mean, it might shock the morning you wake up and find, what? But you get beyond that, and you're like, okay, well, in retrospect, look how they ended up spending it. That's not so bad. If it's right, but then also then you factor in in Chicago, down the road, you got the White Sox who are supposed to be good, too. Yeah. And that's going to bug you. If you're a hardcore Cubs guy, that's going to bug you to see the White Sox down the road in your in your very town expected to be a pretty good ball club for themselves in that uh, division. What is it, the Central? Is that what they call these divisions now? Is it East, West, and Central uh, in, uh, in MLB? So I, I get it. But the freaking Padres, man, I, I guess you're, you're <laughs> I gonna, woke you're up gonna, this morning and they didn't work. acquire another starting pitcher. I you're want gonna, a starting pitcher every day. <laughs> you're going to be off work in October, man. That's just <laughs> obvious. I mean, jeez. You know, the last time Darvish pitched in Petco, he struck out 14. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was pitching against the Padres. We've always... They've had some bad experiences. 14. I don't well, care who you're. You well, and they were, and they were. I, I shouldn't laugh. They were really good last year. I mean, I know it was a sixty-game season, and it wasn't real. Was it last year? Well, we, he wouldn't have pitched there last year, though, because last year was matter. all regional. It doesn't matter if you're striking out fourteen. I don't care what <laughs> the level of competition is. You're the man. Have you? You have to be really good to strike out fourteen guys. How many times does that happen? And, and especially in today's world where they're normally not even pitching long enough to strike out 14 True guys. True story there, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you don't get to strike guys out in the 8th and ninth anymore. Heck, you may not get to strike them out in the 7th. Ask Blake Snell. You're throwing a right? one-hitter and you're taking out in the 2nd. <laughs> yep. The computer says it's time for you to go now. He should have stood out there. Not, I'm not. Sorry, man. I'm Sit down on the mound, fold your legs, and just start pouting. <laughs> I'm, I'm not leaving, man. I'm not leaving. Uh, Robert says. Oh, Robert's got multiple. He's got three different uh, resolutions for 2021. Number one, to not hate on the NBA, falling all over themselves, and catering to the big markets. Two, to ease up on at official NBA refs and their blatant star-only calls. And three, to watch every NBA TNT pregame and postgame show with Shaq, The Jet, Turner Sports EJ, and Barkley on TNT. And he tagged everybody. He tagged the official NBA refs Twitter feed. I didn't even know there was one. I guess I should have known there was one. But I like not going crazy about the refs. That can just drive you insane. Because you're never going to get the perfectly officiated game. And you're going to get in close games. And you're going to get calls or non-calls that should have been calls or calls that were bad calls. And I, I just think you have to just roll with it. Because you have to trust the basketball gods that it'll even out. It, or else it can really just detract from your enjoyment. And I've made a point. That's, that was a rev- resolution I had for myself, not to learn who these guys are, not to learn their tendencies, and because I, I know that they exist. I know faces, but I can't attach names. Uh, I've seen referees' faces, and I know who they are, but I don't know their names because I've purposely tried to not know who they are. And then I try not to – I have no idea – Oh, this guy does this and that. So you look at the referees when they announce them like an hour or two before the game, and people that are way into it, they know oh, this game's going to be officiated this way or that way. And I get for them 
that's part of an analytics that you should be aware of. But for me as a fan, I just try not to just get involved in that. And, and I just think it, it, it could potentially ruin my enjoyment. It's the same thing uh, in the sense with the, uh, what do they call it now, the social issues stuff. I am not going to get involved in what some 24-year-old young man believes. Believe what you want to believe. You're not harming anybody. You have the right to voice this in this country, absolutely. And so I'm not going to come down on somebody, or I'm not going to go, wow, that guy really believes what I want, what I think, so he's a genius. I'm just I'm going to try to remain neutral on that because I want it to be in entertainment. It's the same thing with the actors in Hollywood and whatnot. Now, by and large, those folks lean left. I think we can agree on that, right? And I already know their opinions on that stuff. But I'm here for the movie. Right, right. I want Blow to Blow stuff went, up, say something yeah. funny. Let's go. I went and saw uh, the How uh, News of the World the other day with uh, Tom Hanks. How was that? It was good. I mean, it wasn't awesome. It wasn't like uh, that. It was just, you know, wow, what a stunningly great movie. Uh, but it was a good story. It, yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. It reminded me a little bit of True Grit, but I, I enjoyed it. And when I got home, I quickly went on a computer to find out where it was filmed. Where was it filmed? And, uh, New Mexico, out by Santa Fe. Okay. Uh, and it, when you see the... Uh, what do they call it? Typography or what am I looking for? What's that? Whatever that word is. When you see the landscape, you know, you're going to obviously it's going to be out west. And so you're going to try to. And the whole idea is going to San Antonio. And I don't want to give away the story. But uh, so I just wanted to know exactly where it was. I've been to Santa Fe uh, on road trips with uh, uh, covering New Mexico. Is that the park that, city of Albuquerque? Uh, yeah, I think you can say that. Uh, nothing against Albuquerque. But, man, you feel like you're really out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I, I actually enjoyed my trips to Albuquerque. Uh, you, can, uh, you can get some decent weather in the summer, some, or not in the summer, but in the winter sometimes. So, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an artsy type of community. I spent a little bit of time there over the years. I haven't been there in a long time. I've been to New Mexico because we don't have any reason to go anymore. But I would go uh, you know, come every year, if not twice a year, depending on what the football situation was. So, yeah. So I enjoy it. And Tom Hanks, I don't really care what his political beliefs are. Uh, fine, have it. I'm not, I'm not going to let all this other stuff get in the way of my enjoyment. Now, I know some people do, and that's their right. But for me, I'm going to enjoy it for what it is as entertainment. Well, we got people tweeting at us that on their list of things to uh, resolve in 2021 to continue not watching pro sports. Giving up on is, all pro sports. Is that the social issue reasons, though? I assume or, so. Or they didn't reason? spell it out, and I thought okay. that was a, a little odd because I think football and basketball have certainly taken a hit, and we've heard about that. I haven't heard as many people getting mad at baseball, but he said all pro sports, and maybe he was just never in on baseball. So when he tweeted, you know, it's Twitter. He doesn't explain all these options. Uh, maybe he's just out on baseball because he's never been in. Um, but when you said all pro sports, I thought that was a little different. Well, if that, that includes it. And, and the way I look at it, if you get all worked up on that and you want to get worked up on that, that's your call. But, you know, slogans are nice and all, but man, well, I want change. 
I didn't don't don't tell me about it. Let's go do, do something. It. Yeah, that's uh, so. That's why another reason why I don't get caught up. You, 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 know, you Weber State didn't they have a bunch of guys kneel uh, when they played BYU the other night uh, at uh, the arena? Uh, I believe they did. I saw it. I watched the game, but I did not see the the national anthem. And so those young guys, they felt the need to kneel. So be it, Neil. What's it going to change? Uh, go, go do something, man. Go do something. That's what I – slogans and all that stuff are great, but go go make change. Don't tell me about it. Go just go do it, and then I'll see it for myself. So everybody has the right to do what they want as long as it's responsible. And even if I disagree, fine. But I'm not going to let it get in the way of my enjoyment because it's it's fun for me, man. It's my outlet. It's how I spend my time, and I enjoy doing it. And I'm going to continue to enjoy doing it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're talking with Tom Chambers in 15 minutes. Former jazz man, former youth basketball player, now working on the Phoenix Suns pregame, halftime, and postgame. He's an analyst for Fox Sports Arizona, and Tom Chambers will be here to talk about tomorrow night's game between the Jazz and the Suns. We'll do that in 15 minutes. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert are off to solid starts. And Rudy in particular, because they're starting to play the Jazz a little bit differently. They're not letting Rudy get to the rim as much. But when he is, he's taking advantage of it. And he and Conley talked about their emerging kind of connection in the postgame. There were a couple of plays where I thought that was really evident. Mike Conley is Mike Conley again. He's what we expected him to be when he first showed up in Utah. He's put together enough evidence now for me to think he's pretty much as good as he ever was. Thus far this season, 19.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 5 assists. That's what you were hoping for. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Tom Chambers coming up to talk jazz and sons. PK, we were just talking about resolutions, and uh, we got some people who are saying, hey, we're going to enjoy sports more. I'm all for that. Savor it. Not just watch it. I watch it, but I got to savor it. Supposed to just channel surfing and taking notes for shows and trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. Now, having said that, we are going to have a ton of football on New Year's Eve. The uh, ton of college basketball on New Year's Eve, capped off by a jazz game New Year's Eve night. All this college hoops. Any storylines really jump out at you? Utah State and Air Force, uh, CBS Sports Network at 2. Scotty G will have the call here on The Zone. BYU's playing West Coast uh, Conference play, the Open West Coast Conference play at Pepperdine. I think West Coast teams have only lost like six home games. Jock and I were looking this up yesterday. They've lost like six home games, and Pepperdine's lost three of them. Is there any such thing as a home game, though? Barely. I mean, you don't have to travel and you practice in the gym, so you're used to the shooting background. But with no crowd there, I think that's a big part of a home game. And Although either, it depends either, when you either no ahead. crowd, either no crowd or a tiny crowd. It's just not the same thing. Well, I, you know, in the West Coast Conference, there is hardly any crowd yeah. to speak of, except in a couple of places. And I think actually for BYU, they have a huge disadvantage. Because nobody fills the arena like the even Gonzaga, which the arena is small and it rocks big time, and you you feel like you're in a twenty thousand seat arena when it's only five or so. Mm-hmm. The McCarthy Center, which is named after the former owners of the Tribune here, who live in our community, I used to 
interact with Tom McCarthy every day. Great man. I loved it when I worked for that paper and the McCarthys owned that paper. And I would see the owner virtually every day. Uh, things change, uh, obviously. Uh, but that's something uh, Gonzaga enjoyed. And BYU, you know, they're, they're going to get, uh, geez, when they've got Gonzaga coming in there, that's as fine a place as you're going to get in the country in terms of environment. And Mark Pope has spoken about that. So it's a crazy season this way. And, and basketball, I mean, it's just to an extent the same thing with football. But and I saw yesterday that uh, the Devils now have some COVID issues. Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to play today their second conference game that uh, they were going to play. And, it's, and they're not going to play it. Now it's the second conference game in a row. They played Cal like three weeks ago, so they got one conference game under their belt, and then the game they were supposed to play with the Utes last week. That didn't happen. Uh, was, no, so, I mean, how do you expect any form of continuity? So we talked a lot about how the football season was jacked up. We're heading down the road for basketball, but at least they're trying to do it and get to an NCAA tournament that's going to be in a bubble. How many teams are going to be in there? We don't know. Are they going to have 64, the 64 teams that deserve to be in there and all that stuff? So I'm sort of taking it, uh, I don't know if grain of salt is the right way, but I'm taking it just to be having an opportunity to play the game for college basketball is a win regardless of the outcome because of all the things that are happening here. And I know these guys, they want it and they want to have these teams and have these leagues and the way it's supposed to be, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. But if you can have an opportunity to get out there, great. That's the most important thing. Utah and UCLA tomorrow at 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, same time that BYU is playing Pepperdine on ESPN2. And those games will wrap up about 7, which is right when the Jazz and the Suns get going. So plenty of basketball to watch on New Year's Eve. And as far as that Jazz-Suns game, we'll get to that next with Tom Chambers, former former Jazz guy, now doing TV for Fox Sports Arizona. Tom will join us next.